What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to episode 22 of More Wrestling's podcast. I'm your host, Dylan Morrison. I'm joined today again by my co-host, Zach Rolf. We're here to talk about the Big Tens, Big Twelves, uh, Matteo Pellicone and the NJRTC versus Spartan RTC card. So what's going on today, Zach? I'm much excited for a good weekend of wrestling. And we also got the UFC card this weekend. It's going to be fire. Aljamain Sterling of Cortland. That's going to be fun. Yeah, that's true. I totally forgot about that. I didn't know if it was in March or if it was in April. I, I guess I just assumed it was April. Yeah, they, they're on the uh, Adesanya and Bonchovich card. That'll be fun. I'll be off Saturday night, so I'll be able to watch that. Yeah, I'm, we're going to go Big Ten semi start at 730. Play right into the UFC main card at 10 o'clock. Nice. Sick. Can't wait. It's going to be a good night. Yeah, for sure. Let's uh let's jump into the Big Ten seeds. These are pretty fire. Yeah, they are. So uh, starting at 125 pounds, we've got Spencer Lee as the one seed, Liam Cronin of Nebraska as the two, Malik Heinzelman of Ohio State as the three. At four, we've got Patrick McKee of Minnesota. Five, Rayvon Foley of Michigan State. Six, Eric Barnett of Wisconsin. Seven, Devin Schroeder of Purdue. Up at eight, we've got Michael Diagostino of Northwestern. Nine, Dylan Ragason of Michigan. Ten, Justin Cardani of Illinois. And 11, Robbie Howard of Penn State. Or 14 entered, but, uh, you know, the top 11, obviously Robbie Howard at 11, that's that's an interesting spot. So, Yeah, he's going to meet Eric Barnett of Wisconsin first round. Um, Barnett's had a pretty good year uh, overall. I think he's only got a couple losses to Heinzman. I think he got a win over – I think he has a win over the two-seed Liam Cronin. And – it's going to be a good start. I mean, Robbie Howard obviously has gotten a couple of matches under his belt at this point, but it'll be good for him to get a big match against Eric Barnett to begin to see it kind of, it's going to tell us right off the bat where Robbie Howard's standing for the rest of the season. Yeah. And another first round match is Diagostino of Northwestern versus Dylan Ragason of Michigan. Uh, we've seen Ragason up at 133 uh, as of recently, but uh, he's going back down to 125. And uh, or he's competing at 125, and that'll be an interesting first round match. I mean, I think Ragason gets the win, but um, something I saw that was surprising to me was that Ragason actually hasn't wrestled anybody in the weight class. Yeah, he hasn't wrestled anybody in this field. Yet. Yeah, I think I saw somebody post that on Pat Maneo's wrestling room yesterday. That's yeah, I think I think I saw it from uh, I think uh, Willie Saylor posted it on Twitter. I saw. Yeah, maybe that's where it was then. Yeah. I mean, I still I'm still thinking Ragason is a top top four, top three, maybe even now he can't can't take second, but right. he's gonna be a top three guy here. Um obviously he's gonna meet Diagostino first round and then tech dispenser Lee. Yeah. Yeah, so uh, those quarterfinal matches will be fire. We got Spencer Lee versus Ragason, uh, potentially anyways. Um, we have McKee versus Foley. McKee won that match in the year 10 to 6. Uh, down low, we've got Heinzelman versus the winner of Barnett versus Howard. Um, I think Howard wins, but Heinzelman majored Barnett this year and he beat Howard 5 to 2 recently in the duel. And then down low, Schroeder versus Cronin. I think Cronin wins that match, but yeah, those are some good quarterfinal matches to watch hey, out for. Don't sleep on Justin Cardani. He's going he's gonna to wrestle Schroeder in the first round. And I'm not I'm not surprised if Cardani beats Schroeder at all, especially the way Schroeder's looked so far this year. Yeah, he's he's definitely up and down. 
Well, hard telling. I mean, the, the quarterfinals there will be really good. I mean, there's two to three really good first-round matches that could really throw this bracket off. So, Yeah, Cardani wrestled Schroeder earlier in the year, and it was a 2-0 win for Schroeder. Um, you know, I, I'm actually really surprised looking at looking at Cardani's record. He's 2-6, and six, but all of his losses are the top 20 guys, top 15 guys. And they're all close. He lost to Liam Cronin 4-3. D'Augustino 2-1. Pat McKee 4-2. His only like big quote-unquote loss is to Heinzman 9-2 and then obviously Spencer Lee. Yeah, and that's all part of the the Big Ten um, schedule. He's definitely right there. I mean, if he wins one of those close matches, you know, it's a whole different story. He's probably in a better seed, you know, better spot in the bracket. But, yeah, he's definitely right there with Schroeder. That'll be a good first round match. Yeah, I'm excited for the for 125 overall. Anybody in that top? Nine. Yeah, we we've said it all year that this weight's kind of wild from two to two to nine. So yep. moving up to 133. Um, you know, last year Sammy Alvarez kind of came out and surprised a lot of people. Uh. The top four seeds here. I mean, I'm not really going to go much further than that because I don't see anyone. I don't see anyone in the top three outside the top three winning this bracket. Uh, number one, RBY, Penn State. Number two, Austin DeSanto, and number three, Sammy Alvarez, and number four, Lucas Burr out of Illinois. Yeah, I mean, you're right. The top three, top four. Besides that, there's really nothing to. Uh you know, look out for as far as who you're going to see in the finals. Um, I think they have eight qualifiers at this weight, uh, some potential quarterfinal matches, RBY versus Decatur. You know, that match didn't go well for Decatur in the duel. Then we have Bird, potentially Bird versus Cannon. Bird only had one loss on the year, and that's the DeSanto. I think Bird's kind of underrated. He's uh, he's pretty tough. And then yeah, we he's, have- definitely, he's definitely in contention here. I mean, they take eight guys of this weight class – personally i almost i mean how often do you look at a big 10 weight class and say that's eh, a little too much but yeah i mean like i guess not decatur's a qualifier last year he's the eight seed boo dryden belongs jack medley belongs chris cannon lucas bird i mean i guess i see the eight here um maybe i was just jumping the gun on that on that take but it's rby and austin DeSanto. yeah that's your finals match and i i think roman bravo young is far surpassed Austin DeSanto at this point and I think he kind of dominates the weight class here yeah I mean obviously if he keeps that arm behind his back and doesn't let DeSanto dump him um you know but yeah RBY is definitely he's jumped levels and uh I I think personally he beats DeSanto anyways but yeah I think uh DeSanto gets by Alvarez down low in the semis um Alvarez will have probably medley in the quarters Alvarez is only three and all on the year but he has beaten Decatur and Dryden. And then DeSanto, he, uh, he's wrestling probably Dryden in the quarterfinals uh, for the two and seven seeds. DeSanto teched Dryden earlier in the year. So this, uh, as you mentioned, though, it's, it's kind of a two to three horse race, I think, at 133. Yeah, I mean, Alvarez can pull it off. I mean, I'm not going to be surprised if he beats Austin DeSanto. Last year, him and RBY had a crazy match of Big Tens. Um, when RBY hit the crazy scramble at the end to kind of hold off the win, but I'm, I just don't see it happening right now. Yeah. 
So, I mean, maybe at big or maybe at uh, NCAAs, but as an Iowa guy, I'm, I'm picking DeSanto to win that semis. Yeah, me too. No big surprise. Uh, moving up to 141, we've got Jaden Ironman of Iowa as the one seed, Nick Lee of Penn State as a two, Sebastian Rivera for, of Rutgers as a three, Chad Red of Nebraska as the four, uh, Dylan Duncan of Illinois at the five, Marcus Polanco, Minnesota at six. Dylan D'Amelio of Ohio State at seven, and Drew Mann of Michigan at eight. Uh, Big Ten gets eight qualifiers at this weight. So, yeah, um, I don't see any like super interesting first round matches here. Um, I do like Colin Vid- uh, Valdivia out of the Northwestern. Um, he could possibly give Chad Red a, a, a sub- shocker here, but Chad Red at Big Tens is is another level. So I'm not sure I, I'm going to pick anything like that, but I think, I think it's your top four here. Ironman Lee Rivera red, and really it's kind of your top three. I don't see red being able to beat one, any of those top three there. Um, I do see him being able to give them really good matches, but um, honestly, give me Sebastian Rivera. Oh, all right. Um, you know, Rivera versus Lee is going to be a great match to watch. I mean, obviously we're seeing Rivera up, um, up to 141 this year and just making those jumps. It's kind of fun to see his style translate to a different weight class. I don't know. I, I, I'm high on Jaden Ironman. Obviously he's got that dangerous effect where he can put you on your back and pin you. Um, for the yeah. quarterfinal matches though, we're probably going to see Ironman versus Matten. Um, but then at, four and five seeds we're going to see red versus duncan and uh red just won that match four to three on their duel on the 21st so yeah there was a lot of outrage about that one people yeah. thought duncan got screwed um the way i looked at it is the questionable thing happened in the second period you had plenty of time to win the match and you didn't right um so that that was obviously a close match that could go maybe either way for the the big tens uh then Rivera versus Polanco. Rivera majored him in the duel. And then D'Amelio versus Lee. Lee majored him in the duel. So, yeah, like you mentioned, it's going to be Rivera and Lee in the semis. And th- that match will be exciting to watch. Then I-, I have no idea. Ironman versus Red or Duncan could go either way. Ironman, I think Ironman's coming out on top, up top. So, yeah, I do too. I mean, I think I think Red pulls it, pulls it out with, with Duncan. I just think he shows up in, in March. Um, and again, I'm, I'm taking Rivera. I think he shows up at he shows up at Big Tens, right? I mean, last year he pulled out at 133, where he defeated Seth Gross, returning national champ, and then he dominated RBY in the finals. And you go back another year where he beat Spencer Lee twice. I mean, how, who else can say they've beaten Spencer Lee two times? Yeah, you're you're right about that. He just he just he just wins. He fig- he finds a way to win and. I think that's a quality that it's hard to look past. Um, I'm really excited to see him wrestle any of these two, either one of these two guys. And I think it's going to be exciting that we get to watch him wrestle both most likely. Yeah. And if he wins uh Jersey's going to go wild. So it's going to be nuts. Yeah. Moving on up 149. My boy, Sammy Sasso of Ohio state is the one seed. Number two, Max Mirren. Number three, Griffin Perriott. Number four, Yaya Thomas. Number five, Cannon Store. Six, Michael Blockus. Seven, Ridge Lovett. And I'm going to keep going because this bracket is actually super fun. Number eight, Mike Van Brill. Eight, Graham Rooks. Ten, Peyton Omania. And 11, Bo Bartlett. 
Now, this bracket could not have fallen any better for Bo Bartlett than it did. I was thinking the same thing. That's kind of what I wrote down. He is the 11. He will see Michael Blockus of Minnesota first round. Easily a winnable match. He, he can absolutely win that match. Yep. And then he, he falls into a quarterfinal with Griffin Perriott. Okay, Perriott's tough. I'm not taking anything away from him. He's on my fantasy squad. I'd love to see him pull it out. But I have a hard time looking at what Bo Bartlett did in the match against Sammy Sasso in that first period. He came right out and took him down. Not many people in the country can do that. And if he, if he can build that confidence and he comes in, he gets a win over Blockus. Man, I he's my pick to make the finals. Yeah, I mean, I have him winning over Blockus, and then in the quarterfinals, I have him winning over Perriot too. Uh, Perriot's four zero on the year with not any real big wins, right? He uh, he beat Minnesota's backup Berglund uh, four to three, and then he beat Mike Van Brill at the beginning of the year two to one. Uh, he does have wins over um, Michigan State's guy eleven to two, and then he pinned Indiana's guy. But they're really not top 30 guys. So I think, you know, Bartlett gets past Perriott. Then down low, it'll be Mer- Max Mirren versus Ridge Lovett. Um, obviously, Bartlett's good enough to hang with Mirren, I think. Um, as an Iowa guy, I don't really want to pick against Mirren. But yeah, Bar- Bartlett, I knew he would be the guy at 149 if, if that's who they, um, if that's where they chose to put him. And I'm glad to see him in the in the entries. Yeah, I agree. It's going to add a ton of excitement to, to this weight class um, here and as well as NCAAs. Um, I, I'm also I'm also not sleeping on Ridge Lovett taking out Max Mirren. Do I, am I going to pick it? No, right. But it's absolutely a possibility. Ridge Lovett's tough. And yeah, he, he wrestled DeSanto a tough, I believe it was. Yeah, and he's a monster on top. I mean, he is just unreal on top. And I, I think I think DeSanto's better than Mirren. He's giving DeSanto fits. I'm, uh, I don't know. I might even be talking myself into picking it. But Mirren's looked tough this year, though. I'm, I'm going to take Mirren into that match, but I'm not sleeping on Ridge pulling that one out. Yeah. I mean, Mirren's got a 3-1 to one win over uh, Carr. He's beat Block as 5-1. to one. I don't know. I think Mirren looks better at 49 this year than maybe he did at 41 last year. So I'm, I'm going with Mirren in that one as well. Uh, moving up to 157, let's see. We've got Ryan Deegan of Northwestern as the one seed. Caleb Young as the two. Brayton Lee as the three. Kendall Coleman as the four. Brady Burgey as the four – or as the five. Burgey. Will Luan as the six. Chase Saldati as the seven. Down at eight and nine, we've got Garrett Model of Wisconsin and Elijah Cleary as the nine. These are some uh, exciting matches too. I'm kind of high on Chase Saldate. Uh, he, I he had, yeah, I mean, I I kind of was high on him when he wrestled like Khabib at one of DC's practices. I don't know. That was funny. Yeah, he's the number one guy in the country getting beat up by a guy who's only ever MMA wrestled in Sambo. Yeah, true. Uh, so but, I mean, obviously, Khabib is a completely different athletic animal. Yeah, and without getting into the Division One results, Saldate does have close losses to Kendall Coleman and Brayton Lee. I believe Brayton Lee's match was four three, and Kendall Coleman's was three two. Um, he's right there with with the top guys in the country, and 
it kind of sucks where he fell. Uh, seeing him wrestle, I mean, he's going to win his first match against Caleb looking out of Nebraska. Then he's going to hit Caleb Young. I'm not sure he's ready to compete with Caleb Young. Actually, he's not. He's not ready to compete with Caleb Young yet. But I, I can see him pulling off one of these big matches in the backside, maybe knocking off a Kendall Coleman in the round of around eight. But yeah, I, I, I yeah. kind of was thinking the same thing with Saldate. And then I was looking at some of his results and I was like, I don't think he's right there to, to go with Caleb Young. Cause I mean, we obviously see two different Caleb Young sometimes see a pretty darn good one. And then one that might win a close match and, and lose a close match. So yeah, I mean, Young will get by him, but yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if Saldate makes some noise in the Russellbacks. Uh, another yeah. uh, interesting match will be Luan versus Brayton Lee. You know, that'll be a, a good match. And then up top, four and five seeds, Coleman versus Berge. Uh Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited for, for the quarters here. Um, I think Brayton Lee is a little too – has a little too much for Willow on here. Um and give me Brady Berge over Kendall Coleman. And I think he's going to push Deacon. I think he'll give Deacon the best match that he's had this season going in NCAAs. I, I don't think he's going to beat Deacon. I think Deacon's on just a completely different level. I think it's Deacon and Hidley in the country. But I think he's going to kind of – I think I think Berge's going to give him a scare. And then I think he's going to control the rest of the tournament. Interesting, yeah. Who do you got over Model versus Cleary? I mean, I'm taking I'm taking Cleary, right? I right, Ohio State. Yeah, I can't, can't go against the Buckeye, but uh, Modal's good. Modal's really good out of Wisconsin. Um, he 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 should qualify. I mean, they, they only take eight here. I think they should be getting nine, maybe ten, because Rutgers actually one a note that was put in is um, Rutgers is not putting an entry here. They have uh, Kennard at 157, and he actually got tested positive um, for COVID after having already tested positive a few months back. He has tested negative five straight days, but the Big Ten is still making him quarantine for 17 days. So Rutgers is not putting an entry here, and they're kind of, they're just going to kind of hope for a wild card for Kennard here. And he's That's, tough. Yeah, that sucks. Like, I'm surprised more – um, you know, more people aren't affected by this, you know, right now than they, than they are. I mean, luckily, yeah, the I've seen. Yeah, the, luckily the last like week or two, it seems like you know schools or you know individuals themselves aren't you know out with quarantine or out with COVID or whatever it is. So it's good to see, I guess. Hopefully Actually, I guess it's not the first one we've seen. Didn't somebody at UIWS get contact traced and couldn't go? Uh, Casey Cobb. Yeah, Navy. Yeah. Yep, Casey Cobb ended up getting contact traced. I don't think he tested positive. At least I didn't hear he tested positive. But he did get um, contact traced. Jeez, couldn't think of what I was going to say. Yeah, so, I mean, that's good that we're not seeing this as a, a trending thing for the EIWA or for the the conference tournaments in general. Just two of them so far that I know of. That's not bad. It's not good, though. But You know what we haven't done? What's up? Made picks as we go. <laughs> yeah, I know. I was – thinking of that at 57 i was gonna say who are you gonna take but yeah maybe we can uh, shoot each other some picks at the end of this yeah i mean it's pretty easy it's it's 57 it's it's ryan deacon but, right yeah that's kind of where i started i totally forgot that we weren't doing picks after you started losing a lot i don't know 
Well, okay, hold on. That's not what happened. Oh, yeah? I won last week, okay? I won last week when we did – we had the we had three matches, and the only one we went different on was Shane Van Ness and Josh Saunders. Oh, uh, yeah, and you're right. I got that one. So we're two and two. Sort of. We're two and two. All right. Last week, last week we didn't do any because there wasn't enough uh, competitions going on, and we ended up – going way too over on our podcast we had a, we did not have time to do picks yeah good call we'll, we'll do those after this all right so 165 moving up we got alex marinelli dan bronigle ethan smith at the three camamine at the four andrew sparks five joe lee of penn state at six peyton rob of nebraska at seven and i mean that's kind of where it's that's kind of where it stops i mean that's those are your those are your guys. You do get eight qualifiers, so I guess Jack Tucker of Michigan State is the eight seed. Um, but I mean that that those are your competitors, the top seven here. Uh, yeah, but so the eight and nine seeds, Tucker versus South. South beat Tucker this year five to zero, so it's kind of notable. How is he the nine then? I no idea. I'm pretty sure his record, other than that, is really bad or not the greatest. But uh. One seat apart, you would think that the head-to-head takes precedence. You would imagine. Yeah, not sure about that. Oh well, um, there is one good first-round match that I, that I noted outside of Tucker and South. Clearly, that's going to be something going on there. But the ten seed Garrett Ninehouse of Purdue is wrestling Peyton Rob. Um, Ninehouse is tough. I, I'm not going to be surprised if if Ninehouse beats him here. Yeah, we've got a uh, Amin versus Sparks on the other quarters uh, for four and five. Yep, that's that's got some sparks to it. Cam Amin looked pretty you tough. Would do that. You you would do that. What? Got some sparks to it, huh? Oh, didn't even know that, man. What a that was pretty good. Man, <laughs> it's gonna be fire. It's gonna it's gonna be a spark plug with match. Yeah, no, I didn't didn't know I came up with that. It's pretty good. You didn't even do that on purpose? Are you kidding me? No, I did not. Yeah. I was just looking at it. All right. Let's move on. Joe Lee, Ethan Smith is going to be a fun one. I know Ethan Smith pinned him in the the duel, but I just don't – I love Ethan Smith. He's an Ohio State guy. I just don't think he's pinning Joe Lee better than Joe Lee. You know what I mean? Right. I think that's going to be a good match. Um, Winner takes on either Bronigle or Peyton Robb, I guess, or Nyhouse. But it should be Bronigle there. Yeah, Bronigle beat Rob nine to six in the year, but I think he's gonna win that match again anyway. So yeah, give me Ethan Smith in the finals. Yeah, give me Ethan Smith. Oh wait, man. Although Joe Lee is uh, on my fantasy team, so I'm gonna need Joe Lee to score some points. Yeah, and he's also on that team Penn State that does pretty darn well in uh, March. So yeah, you're not wrong. Well, to be fair, they don't always do the best at Big Tens. You're right. Yeah, you're not wrong on that. The years they've won, they've usually lost big lost. Yeah. I mean, or tied. They have tied. Yeah. He's obviously going to need to, uh, I think, maybe make top three, top four. I mean, some of these weights for Penn State, obviously, they're they're seeded pretty low, but they're obviously going to outperform their seed. So, not too worried about them. But as an Iowa fan, I don't think they're going to win. Nah, give me Marinelli. That's right. So uh, moving up to 174, we've got Michael Kemmer as the one seed, Mike, Mikey Labriola as a two, Carter Strachey as a three, Logan Massa as the four, Donnell, a.k.a. DJ Washington as the five, 
Caleb Romero as the six. And then, you know, seven, we've got Turley of Rutgers, eight, Kratiger of Wisconsin, and nine, Aller of Minnesota. What do we got? We got eight uh, qualifiers at this weight as well. You know, first round match, Kratiger versus Aller, the eight and nine seeds. I think that's a toss-up match. Yeah, I agree. Well, I mean, I'm pro- I think I'm going to take Aller here. Okay. I think Kratinger is really good. Um, it's not going to matter in the next round because Michael Kemmer is going to smash them both. But yeah. um, it, it will be it'll be a good match. It'll be a t- uh, tight, close, maybe even high scoring match on these two. Um, they're going to get after it. The quarters are where this this weight class gets fun. Oh yeah. All right, Caleb Romero, Carter Starochi. How how does Caleb Romero get the six seed? I don't know. Did I miss something? I mean, I just don't – I don't understand how he is in, in a position where Staroki – it goes Staroki, and then if you beat him, you're going to get Mikey Labriola. Like, that that path from 3-6 is unreal. Yeah, I mean, we've got uh, – we got Romero. He's got two losses on the year, and that's the Straki and Kemmer. But uh, – yeah, that's kind of a bad place to sit. But and I guess his next best win is Cradiger. Right. Yeah, nine to five win over Cradiger. Yeah. So, but that's just tough, you know. Look, look at where Logan Massa is. He's four. He's had a different year. Obviously, it's not the the extended season that he you know he might have excelled in. But uh, Massa is the four seed. Is that's kind of funny to look at. Well, I mean, he at least he lost to get there. I mean, right. that's where that's where, in my opinion. I mean, I guess you could see – I can see why he's above Romero, but I would see Romero above Washington. I mean, they both got the – they got similar losses and they got the similar wins. I guess they just kind of flipped the coin there. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, Massa versus uh, Washington in the quarterfinal match. Uh, Logan beat him – or he pinned him during the duel, but uh, I don't know how that match was actually going. It was a six minutes and 38 second pin. So I don't know how that match was until the pin. Yeah, I don't either. Um, anyways, give me, uh, you know, this is this is going to hurt my heart, but after watching Staroki this year, I know he's he's beaten Massa. He's beaten Romero both in overtime. I'm not, I'm not surprised Romero wins, but I think I got to, I got to take Staroki in this one. All right. I'm going with Chemdog. I mean, well, okay, not in the weight class. I was taking oh, Sir down low in the quarters. Right. right. Okay. Um, I'm also going to take him over Labriola, but then give me Kemmerer in the finals. Yeah, I I, I agree. Whoever wins versus Strocky versus uh, Romero, I think advances to the finals. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I think whoever wins that bracket or wins that quarter beats Labriola. Labriola's tough, though. Yeah, no doubt. Moving up to 184. I'll let you go ahead on this one. All right, yeah. So, number one seed, Aaron Brooks out of Penn State. Number two seed, Chris Weiler, transfer from Lehigh to Wisconsin as a number two seed in his first Big Ten tournament. Um, number three, Lane Malsuski of Michigan State. Number four, Owen Webster of Minnesota. Number five, John Poznowski of Rutgers. And number six, Taylor Venz of Nebraska. Number seven, Max Lyon of Purdue, number eight, Zach Bronicle, Illinois, number nine, Nelson Brands of Iowa, number 10, Rocky Jordan of Ohio State. That's where I'm going to end it on those ones. Um, this this weight class is kind of weird. 
because it's good, but like I, I feel like the the next few best guys are six, seven, eight, nine, ten. Yeah, six, those ten are gonna be better than the three through five. And I think a, the dark horse here is is Jaden Bullock from Michigan. I mean, I don't think he's ready to make any noise, but I kind of was impressed with him during the year. Yeah, he's tough. I, I just – I can't get the Rocky Jordan match. Oh, actually, Rocky Jordan wrestled uh, Jelani Embry here, didn't he? Yeah, I mean, Bullock's had three losses on the year. The first one to Spadafora didn't help at all, but uh, he's lost to Aaron Brooks 10-5 to and Malzuski 6-2. to He doesn't have any great wins, but I just felt like he looked decent in that match. But um, talking about some of these first-round matches, though, Nelson Brands versus Bronigal. Bronigal won that match 3-1 to in overtime this year. Then you got Rocky Jordan versus Max Lyon, where Rocky won seven to two. Earlier. I was saying that Rocky Jordan, Nelson Brands, and Max Lyon had that little round robin. Yes, that was the one match. Yep. So th- those will be the uh, first round matches. The winner of Brands versus Bronigal, though, the consolation prize is Brooks. So Aaron Brooks is the one that. seed. That's not that great being said, though, I think I think Nelson Brands' style could give Aaron Brooks a problem. I don't think he can beat Aaron Brooks. But I do think he can keep it close with him. He's, his hand fighting is really good, and his conditioning obviously is up there. I think he can push Aaron Brooks a little bit. I think Aaron Brooks wins like a, a 4-2, 5-2 type of match. Yeah, I mean, because I think we saw Bullock when he wrestled Brooks. He kind of came on. I think he scored a late last-minute period or last period takedown just because his conditioning was kind of there. But, yeah, we're going to see Brands, his conditioning. I think he gets by Bronigal in the first round match and uh, he wrestles a good match with Brooks, but yeah, I'll, I've got Brooks winning that quarterfinal. Then we got uh, Webster versus Poznanski. Um, Webster won that match six to four Poznanski. Um, but yeah, that, that's another pretty good match Four four and five seeds Webster of Minnesota. Yeah. Give, um, me, give me Webster there too. I think, I think Webster is, is, just, is better. Um, I don't not, not take anything away from Poznanski, but. Um, I just I think Webster is going to win that match there. Yep. It, but like as we mentioned, Lyon like he's got that win over Nelson Brands. He's got the loss to Rocky Jordan. Um, so if we're looking at down low, Malzuski versus Venz. Uh, Malzuski beat Webster this year, and he beat Jordan, but his only loss is to Max Lyon. So it's kind of a wild. It's a wild weight. I think this weight is. Oh yeah, this whole weight's crazy. They all beat each other for no reason. Nobody, nobody wanted to say, "Hey, let me get that two seed." They were all just like, "Let's just beat each other," and then they'll give the coaches a problem when they're trying to see the Big Ten. In in Weiler, so down low, Weiler is a two seed. He's gonna have the winner of Lyon and Jordan. And as we mentioned, Jordan already won that match this year, but Jordan also beat Weiler nine to four at the beginning of the year. That was their first match. Yeah, give me so, Rocky Jordan into the semis. Yeah, same here. Matter of fact, no, nah, I'm not doing that. Oh. Matt, Rocky Jordan into the semis, and then I'm gonna take Taylor Venz in the finals. Yeah, and the the funny thing is that with that is Nelson Brands beat Venz, right? He, that's yeah. the one where he kind of made some noise and he beat Venz. Yeah, he did, and he majored him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But as we've seen in the past, Taylor Venz is very up and down. I mean, he, he went from basically beating Zahid Valencia, like right. I mean, he lost in the last. 20 seconds of the match, but right. nobody else has pushed the heat like that to then getting majored by somebody like Nelson Brands. He's up and down a lot, but that's okay. Give me the good Taylor Venz into the finals. 
Yeah. Give me Brooks versus Vens for finals. That's that's probably what I'm gonna see too. Yeah, and then Brooks is gonna Brooks is gonna get that one. Yeah, no doubt. Um, moving up to 197, we've got Eric Schultz of Nebraska as the one, Miles Amin of Michigan as the two, Jacob Warner of Iowa as the three, Cam Caffey of Michigan State as the four, Lucas Davison of North, Northwestern as the five. Uh, at six, we got Thomas Panola of Purdue, and seven, Michael Beard of Penn State. Up at eight, we've got Matt Robleski of Illinois. And at nine, we got Gavin Hoffman of Ohio State. Um, you know, it's notable to put, you know, 10, we've got Billy Janzer as, uh, of Rutgers as well. But I think they only get eight qualifiers at this weight as well. Six. Six? Moving up. Yeah, we only got six. So looking at it, Michael. For that. This is going to be this is going to be a little weird. Yeah. It's not often you see a Big Ten team need a – Need a couple wild cards for people who are already ranked. Yeah, true. Um, up at the, the the first match, we're gonna see Robleski versus Hoffman. We kind of talked about it at the beginning of the year, like it was a, a bad loss for Hoffman. We thought maybe it was a weird loss because we didn't know much of Robleski, but Robleski won that match four to two. Um, you know, Schultz has a recent win over Robleski four to one. So if if Robleski does get that win over Hoffman. Schultz has already beat him in a close match, but I, I didn't watch the match. Maybe it wasn't a close to four to one uh, win for Schultz. Yeah, but I didn't then, see either, but um, I'm taking Gavin in that first first round. Um, and another one of those, like, don't be surprised if Hoffman knocks off Eric Schultz. Yeah, if he has that good tournament, you never know. I mean, we've seen we've seen how good he can be. I mean, he he has. I mean, he beats he beat Michael Beard, who's number one. He's got a lot of potential. Um, yeah, we haven't quite seen it at the college level yet, but it's not, it, it wouldn't surprise, I don't think it surprises anybody if Hoffman, if Hoffman beat Schultz. If any, maybe the, the first number one seed to lose, I think, I mean, he's got the potential to be the, the number one seed, the first number one seed to, to lose a match in this tournament, just with this weight being as weird as it is. Yeah. And I mean, if you're, if you're, I mean, the favorite in this weight class isn't the number one seed, right? Right. The favorite in this weight class is Miles Amin of Michigan, Olympic qualifier. Um, I think they really had to go with Schultz as the one seed here just based on, you know, the fact that Amin has a limited number of matches this season and Schultz is undefeated. So. Yeah. Down low, we're going to see uh, Warner versus Panola in the quarters as the uh, the three and six. Warner won the match seven to two this year. And then down low, the two and seven seeds we'll probably see is Amin versus Beard. Amin that won that match against Penn State eight to five. I, I think Amin I mean, I think that was early in Amin's return and it was a weird match. I think I think Amin gets kind of back on track here. I th- I actually think he gets the major over Beard. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So uh and then Warner, you know, we've seen ups and downs Warner. Um I think he's really only had that one match where he put it on someone this year and and got the major but i think if i mean advances to the finals yeah, I, up I top i don't know who he's gonna have up top i mean caffey's a returning um big 10 finalist big 10 finalist he, he lost he had a close loss to schultz already this year so yeah it's between schultz i think it's gonna be between schultz and caffey but i mean if you think hoffman's gonna beat schultz um, yeah, no, I don't think that's going to happen. I think it can happen. It can, yeah. Um, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if it does. 
Um, Cam Cathy, Lucas Davidson is going to be a tough one. I actually am picking Lucas Davidson in that match. I think he's looked much improved. Um, I think he pulls that out. And then I think him and Eric Schultz has an absolute war in the semis. Winner gets to lose to Amin in the finals. Moving up, 285. Man, so I'm going to start seeing these seeds with the caveat. I don't think these are going to stay the way they are. I think I think the Michigan coaches are going to challenge the seeds, and I think they're going to win because Greg Kirkfleet has two wins over two Maryland heavyweights, and there's zero reason he should be the seventh seed um, and have Mason Paris in the quarters. It doesn't make a ton of sense. So we're going to start this off. we got Gable Stevenson at the one, Mason Paris at the two, Tony Cassiope at the three, Luke Luffman at the four, Christian Lance at the five, Trent Hilger at the six, and then it does have Greg Kirkfleet at the seven, Tate Orndorff at the eight, uh, Christian Robotaro at nine, and then Jack Hayab at ten. I believe I believe Kirkfleet's going to end up being the 13 seed, um, which will put him wrestling Luke Luffman in the first round, which I think is right. And then you have your top four guys all in the top four seeds, realistically. Um I just think there's no chance they don't change it here. I don't think I don't think there's any chance. I think they're going to get changed. Um, it's not fair to to Mason Paris to have to wrestle get Greg Kirkfleet in the quarterfinals. Yeah, no, I I agree 100. That's obviously we know how big Greg Kirkfleet is. I don't know if for the seeds they just put him at seven because they knew he was better than a lot of those guys, but not good enough to have a really high seed. But as you mentioned, yeah, he's only had the win over Maryland, and that guy's a 14 seed. So, yeah, I, I really do. I think they're going to change these, and I, I'm almost more willing. I actually want to. I'd rather talk the match based on that because I don't think. I almost don't think there's any way they don't change them. All right, so I mean, potential first round match, we're going to see Luffman versus Kirkfleet. Then, yeah, that that that's going to be the the first round match, and I I mean, Luffman's great. He's had a great improved season. And it sucks on his part that he's going to get stuck with Greg Kirkfleet first round. Um, we They do get seven AQs here, and I do think Luffman's good enough to um, wrestle his way back to to at least top seven. Um, and minimum, minimum, he's going to get a wild card. There's no way he doesn't get a wild card. Right. Uh, he's had then, a great season. But. Yeah, he absolutely has. Um, the – the quarters you end up seeing will be Tate Orndorf and Mason Paris. Orndorf versus, yeah, okay, Orndorf versus Paris. Yeah, it'll end up being yeah, Orndorf versus Paris. Yep. And uh, Hilger Cassiope, um, Christian Lance, Greg Kirkfleet in the quarters. Yeah, so, I mean, if they do change, that's probably what we're going to see. I mean, as of right now, you know, Luffman versus Lance would probably be the quarters. Cassiope versus Hilliger, Paris versus Kirk, and then up top, Stevenson versus Orndorff. So this way, obviously, you don't want to look into too much because that potential of them moving the seeds around is pretty high. So, Yeah, and that's not just me coming from, right? I've seen oh, yeah. multiple, multiple people have mentioned that this is most likely going to happen, or at least that it should happen. Um, and I know there was a couple of years ago, situations similar to this had happened, and they did end up switching the seeds at the tournament. So um, I, I do think that's going to end up happening. Um, 
So with semis, we're going to see we're, – we're probably going to see is Gable Stevenson versus Greg Kirkfleet and then down low, Cassiope versus Mason Paris. That's pretty yeah, I mean, I, There's no way any of these guys are losing. All right. I, I think there's a small possibility Hilger knocks off Cassiope, but that's that's kind of it, and I still don't think it's it's a very good chance. So he did get the win over him last year, I believe, right? Yeah, I believe he does have one. It was in a duel, um, I think. But, yeah, they didn't wrestle this year. No, they have not wrestled this year, and I, th- I just think that Cassiope is better. Yeah. Than he was then. And, and he's looks worse in a way than he did last year. Right. And he actually – he um, Cassiope did get it back at Big Tens last year. I think Cassiope beats Hilger this tournament as well. But having Mason Paris in the semis – I mean, looking at that, though, like those four guys, some, some years that's – you know – any of those four guys could be in a national finals. And Any of those four guys could be national champs. Yeah. I mean, they're all that good. I mean, the last time we saw Kirk Fleet have a close match, I think we mentioned this last time, was against Gable Stevenson when they were in high school. And Kirk Fleet was the number one 220-pounder, and Gable was the number one heavyweight. And their teams dueled in Minnesota, and Kirk Fleet bumped up to wrestle them, and the match ended up being 3-2 in favor of Gable Stevenson. So – um, I'm sure Kirk Fleet's ready to get that one back too. Yeah. Um, yeah. Update: Hilger did not beat Cassiope last year. No. He lost twice, three-two and four-zero. So. Hmm. Okay then. I give me give me Stevenson. I'm not. I, I won't pick Stevenson to lose a wrestling match ever. So. Yeah, I'm picking him to win the national title, and then I'm probably gonna pick him to win the uh, WWE title. That's a fact. Maybe WWE both have a champion. <laughs> him and uh, Brock Lesnar. Minnesota alumni wrestling at WrestleMania. Yeah, can you imagine that? That'd be kind of sick. Yeah. Although I kind of want to see uh, Jacob Casper get up there too. So I wouldn't be mad at a Gabe Stevenson, Jacob Casper WrestleMania World Championship title. <laughs> Not that I watch WWE that much, but <laughs> I, you know what? I will say this: if if Gable Stevenson goes to WWE, I'm probably gonna start watching WWE. I probably will too. I, I haven't watched it in years, but uh, that's kind of a fun aspect to have. Obviously, we have some former wrestlers in the WWE already, but not anybody like Gable Stevenson. Yeah, nobody at that that was at that level. I mean, I, well, you had Kurt Angle, right? But, right. I mean, I watched it back then, I guess, a little bit, but right. Not since not since Kurt, if we had somebody that was, you know, on the top of that Olympic ladder in America, move transition over to WWE. Right. Um, I don't think, obviously, back then you didn't have social media, so they weren't highly touted and, and talked about on a lot of platforms. So, Right, for sure. Yeah. All right, moving into Big 12s, we kind of got to breeze through these a little bit. Yeah, um, I agree. So we're just going to kind of mention the, the best guys and kind of go on. 125 at Big 12s, you got Brody Teske, Taylor Lamont, and Trevor Master Giovanni. These uh, Killing Cardinale is, is in there too. Um, he's tough. Give me, give me Teske. Actually, yeah, give me Teske. I think he wins this bracket. I I think uh, Lamont gets another win over Master Giovanni in the semis, and then Teske Lamont in the finals. And I got Teske. Yeah, I'm going with uh with Teske and Lamont in the finals as well. Uh, as the five qualifiers, I'm comfortable with maybe the the five. You know, Danny Vega at the fifth seed. Um, uh, give me Teske though for the for the title. Big twelve. Yeah, actually, I have uh, Iowa State's tech. Uh, Turkarina qualified. That uh, he's my sleeper in this weight here. Don't. I'm not. I, I I like to see him do well, and I wouldn't. I'm not picking him to beat Lamont, but yeah, it'll be a good match in the quarters there. Yeah, no doubt. 
moving down to 133 or moving up to 133 rather they've got five automatic qualifiers at this weight as well at number one we've got Dayton Fix two we've got Ryan Sullivan three Zach Price four Jared Van Vliet and five Moshe Schwartz our guy Zach Redding down there is a seven seed he would have Ryan Sullivan in the quarters I believe they've wrestled this year I don't believe they have no no maybe it was Price yeah, he he wrestled Price. He lost I think three one four two something like that to to Price. Yeah, that's what I was looking at. Yeah, he lost four two to Price. Yeah. Um, I like his spot in the bracket. I'm glad he's opposite Dayton, and I think he can. I think he can beat both of those guys. And then I got Moshe Schwartz in the, in the uh, semis opposite Dayton, but it's Dayton, and I'm gonna be that guy. Super biased. Give me Zach Redding in the finals to lose to Dayton. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I mean, th- it's going to be a tough task to get by Sullivan in the quarterfinal. Sullivan's a pretty, pretty good wrestler. But uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think I'm going to go with, with uh fix and Sullivan, but it's hard to pick against Zach Redding sometimes. I mean, Sullivan has a loss to Conjurati. For beginning of the year, right? Yeah. That was one of the first losses. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if Zach has a good, good day, he's, he's capable of beating, Sullivan um, to get by Zach Rice. I mean, he, he lost a price close match, but those will be two tough matches to get to the finals. I mean, he's capable of it, but I just don't see him winning two of those good matches in a weekend. Yeah, that's fair. Moving up 141. Um, this one's going to be, this one's going to be a good weight. Uh, more so a good final. Uh, Ian Parker, number one, Dom Demas, number two of Oklahoma. Um Clay Clarkson of SDSU at number three and DJ Yorin of um, Fresno at number four. I like DJ Yorin a lot. I don't think he can beat Ian Parker yet. Um, I do think he will be the top, the top four here go. And I think he's going to be the fourth guy in Um, the finals is Ian Parker, Dom Demas. Dom Demas is fireworks, but Ian Parker just somehow knows how to turn the fireworks off and just control Dom Demas most of the time. But I just want to see one time Don Demas just launch Ian Parker for fun because I don't know why. Just watching that's fun. Yeah, they wrestled, um, you know, at the beginning of the year, I think it was, maybe at the end of January. But it was a 4-3 to three match. But, again, Don Demas, is, his offense is uh, it's so fun. Like, if he can get to that against Parker – and then, obviously, Parker, he's dangerous in his own self. That, that finals, I think, is going to be one of the best finals of the tournament. I mean, 197 is going to be pretty good too, but – the potential for fireworks in this match are pretty darn high. Yeah, I just – I think it's, it's it's impressive to me that Parker can can shut down all of what Demas throws at him. I mean, everybody's – I mean, we've seen Dom Demas inside trip Nick Lee multiple times. Yeah, and, and Dom Demas, his offense against Yanni, um, I believe it was at the national tournament, was yeah. so exciting. Obviously, Yanni's a freak, and, you know, he, he was able to manage to get out of a lot of it, but – yeah, out freaked the freak. Yeah, out freaked the freak. <laughs> yeah, but that, that finals is going to be great. Uh, moving up to 149, we got Boo Llewellyn of Oklahoma State as the one. Uh, Andrew Alirez of University of Northern Colorado is a two. Mitch Moore of Oklahoma Sooners is three. Number four, we got Tristan Lara of UNI. And uh, actually, at one at five seed, we've got uh, Jarrett Deegan of Iowa State. Yeah, that's what that's where I was going to go to. Jared Deegan, or Jared Deegan is tough. Yeah, he is. Um, I don't think he's ready to beat Bulu Allen. No, but he's tough, and I—I I, I mean, he can. He absolutely can beat Bulu Allen. Um, 
I'm not picking it to happen, but he can. Um, the opposite semi, actually, Andrew Lear is Mitch Moore. Can, can be a lot of fun. Mitch Moore is super physical and super strong. And Andrew Lears is more your quick and savvy kind of guy. So that'd be a fun contrast of styles to watch. Yeah, I've got a, I think I'm going to go with the Wallen and Aliras in the finals. You know, the yeah, one me too. Absolutely. I'm kind of high on Aliras. I want to see Aliras get that big folk style win. Yeah, it, we see more freestyle, you know, success, but he needs that folk style success, I think, just to get his name out there. I mean, his name's out there, but people just kind of overlook him as a folk style wrestler, I think, just because he yeah. doesn't have that result. Absolutely. I'm taking Aliras over Lou Allen in the finals. Nice. Uh, I guess I will too, you know, shout out. I can't pick against the uh, New York coach. So. Right. Can't, can't disappoint Mr. Troy, Troy yeah. boy. No doubt. All right. Up to 157. They get three AQs. This is David Carr next topic, but Justin Thomas and Jerry Frannick are both tough. And I think they will have a good semifinals match. Um, that, assuming Wyatt Sheets doesn't knock off Jared Frannick because Wyatt Sheets is really tough. He's had a weird year this year. Um, he'll see Jared Frannick in the semi or the quarters. Um, and then Justin Thomas has two major decisions over Wyatt Sheets. So I don't see Wyatt Sheets getting past the semis. Yeah, I don't either. And like you mentioned, there's three automatic qualifiers. It's kind of funny to see because like obviously Big 12 what it wasn't what it was two years ago. You know, we saw or two or three, whatever it was, when we saw Oklahoma State, you know, put 10 guys in the finals and they would have 10 guys oh. qualify. Um, you know, the Sheets is probably he's gonna have to, you know, work his butt off to to qualify for Oklahoma State. And I don't know, I don't see it happening in this this weight. But yeah, it this weight's David Carr next topic for sure. David Carr's in contention for a national title, and nobody in the Big Twelve is gonna stop him at this tournament. I agree. David Carr. Yep. Up to one sixty five. This weight is they get five AQs. I'm not sure how I feel about it, but it's Travis Whitlake at the one, Peyton Holt at the two, Cole Moody at the three, Luke Weber at the four, and Isaac Judge at the five. Um, I mean, you got to say Whitlake is going to kind of walk away with this. I think Peyton Hall can give him a good match, but it's Whitlake. Yeah, Whitlake's had a good season. I'm going with Whitlake as well. Yeah, there's not much about to talk about this weight class. No, some of these weights aren't. 174, we got Demetrius Romero as – Number, number one seed. Number two, we got Hayden Hastings. Three, Dustin Plott. Four, Lance Runyon. And five, Cody Surratt of Air Force. Uh, this weight, they get four automatic qualifiers. And I I think that the top three are definitely, you know, going to take top three, you know, be in the top three. But uh, I, I don't know with Lance Runyon. Here's the thing. You can't sleep on Anthony Mantonona. Yeah, eight, eight seed, obviously – yeah, I put his record in here just because it's like, what what is this? Like, what are we looking at? Because this guy's lost to Dustin Plot. He's also beaten Dustin Plot. He's lost to King uh, Cade King, Lance Runyon, Julian Borderson, and Trey Munez. But then has a win over Dustin Plot. Like, I, I don't I don't understand how you can have those losses and then have the win over over Plot like that. And he yeah. has a win over Jared Hill, who's also really tough from Stanford. Yeah, he's in a weird spot. I mean, I think he's just kidding. He might be better than the six seven or five six seven. Um, you know, it's hard to pick against you and I at one seventy four or one eighty four because that seems to be their weights. Oh, for sure. So, um, 
I mean, he's eight because he lost to Cade King, but I, I'm not. I mean, I'm not surprised he comes in and makes the finals. You know what I mean? I mean, I, I, I maybe I will be surprised he's not beating Demetrius Romero, but um, he can absolutely qualify. He can absolutely qualify. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you said, he'll have Romero in the quarters. Um, that that match isn't going to probably go his way, but in the Russell backs, uh, he he could qualify again. It's the top four. Moving up to 184, you and I, uh, this is their weight, right? Um, yeah. They've, got, they've had hammers at 184. Parker Kekhaijin of UNI is the one seed. Tate Samuelson of Wyoming is a two. Dakota Gear of Oklahoma State is a three. At four, we've got Alan Clothier of UNC. And five, Sammy Colbray of Iowa State. Yeah. Uh, Kekhaijin looked amazing this year. Yeah. Looked- I, I remember watching uh, his match. I believe it was against Iowa State. It was one of those matches where they were on the road. Maybe it was against Oklahoma State. Yeah, it was against uh, Gear, but it was Oklahoma State traveled up there. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going with Keck Aijin. Uh th- This was a weight where, he, like, if he wins, it's going to throw the seeds off at NCAAs, I think, a little bit. If Keck Aijin does? Yeah, I mean, they, they were talking about it. I don't know if it was on Flow or maybe it was Willie was talking about it. But uh, just because if he wins, um, it, it could throw yeah. – you know, Louis Dupre and since Bowling lost to Trent, um, it, it could throw a little a wrench in that. No, it absolutely could. You know, look at and he's got a decent decent record. Is he beat Britt Wilson, who's thirteen and one out of Northern Illinois. He has a win over Colbray. He's a win over Gear. Um, I, you're not wrong. I mean, if he wins his bracket, he could. He has an he has a claim to the two three seed. I mean, you're gonna end up with four undefeated guys, I think, right? You're gonna end up with uh, Brooks if he wins, yep. Keck Kaizen, um, Louis Dupre, and am I missing somebody? Well, I mean, and then the ACC, you're looking at Bolin. Obviously, Bolin would have won. It would have looked better for him, but since he lost to Trent, and you know, obviously, if Trent would have lost, it would have looked bad for him. But with that win over Bolin, and possibly Keck Kaizen winning this weight, it just it's gonna be a headache, I think, to to seed. Well, I mean, it ends up being kind of straightforward, really. I mean, you got three guys undefeated and two guys with one loss. I mean, you go Brooks, Kekaisen, Dupre, and then Hydley and four or five, and Bowen yeah, four or five. Like that would that'd be crazy. But yeah, I mean, in such a small capacity of of results, you kind of got to go with what you got. And Kekaisen has good wins. It's not like he's he's undefeated against a bunch of scrubs. He's beaten quality guys. Gear's good. I believe he's a – I know he's a national qualifier. That has geared placed? I don't know. But uh, shout out Edinburgh. I mean – Yeah, he's an all – I mean, Gear's an All-American. Yeah, so – yeah, I mean, he's got the potential to beat Kekhaijin. It was a close match during their duel, I believe it was. So, uh, if he does win, that, that kind of slows things down in that seeding process where um, – or speeds things up, rather. It, it doesn't put that question mark next to a few of these guys' names. Yeah, and you know, I'm almost, I'm almost more inclined to say Kekhaizen's the one. I mean, Brooks is good, and he'll probably be one of the coaches, coaches ranking, which is going to be a bit, uh, a big weight. But Brooks doesn't have as many qual- quality wins that Kekhaizen has. Right. Yeah. But I can see Kekhaizen one and and Brooks two and Dupre three. Yeah, that that'll be interesting. But I guess uh, Kekhaizen's got to get past this uh yeah he's got to win this weekend well so does brooks i mean they both got to win true for it to be even be a conversation i mean if they don't if they both lose i think the seating's even harder at that point 
Yeah. Uh, that's, that's potentially, I mean, that throws a, a different wrench into that as well. Um, you know, with 184 being a, a different weight class, obviously if, if he, if he loses, you know, Louis Dupre has got a, a better look at being the one or two seed. So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 197 though, this, this weight's pretty loaded. Yeah, it is. This is going to be fun. I can't wait to watch this. Mr. Fast Twitch at the four seed. That's going to be fun. Um, yeah, so we got Tanner Sloan of South Dakota State as the one. Stephen Buchanan of Wyoming as the two. Noah Adams of West Virginia as the three. AJ Fast Twitch Ferrari as the four out of Oklahoma State. And then at five, we got Jake Woodley of OU. And six, Marcus Coleman of Iowa State. as So they only get five automatic qualifiers at this weight. You got to think one of them is going to get the top six here to belong at the, at the NCAA tournament. And you got to yeah. think one of them is going to get a wild card, right? Yeah. I mean, we've got Noah Adams. He was highly ranked during the year. He had that loss to Steve. one ranked coming into the season, I believe. I think, yeah, I think he was number one and he had that loss to Steve Buchanan. And then he had another loss to Steve Buchanan. So <laughs> then you got Tanner Sloan out there. He's a hammer on top. He's so good. Like, yeah. Shout out to Damian Spawn or Han. I don't know why I said Spawn. Damian Han, because he's done a phenomenal job with Tanner Sloan getting him at, at to be could be competing for a national title this year. Is uh Cam Simon still out there? Yeah, yep. Yeah, so you gotta imagine, you know, he's got a little Cam Simon's effect in him. No, that's true too. I didn't think about that because Simon's was obviously disgusting on top. Yeah, he was. So uh, I'm excited to watch this. Obviously, Tanner Sloan, I think if he gets on Ferrari, because uh, Ferrari's the four seed, Woodley's the five, and Ferrari's got two wins over Woodley. Um, I think if Sloan gets on top of Ferrari, he's going to turn him. Yeah, that's it. He's going to be a little uh, spin top. Yeah, he is. So then uh, in the other semis, Buchanan versus Adams, I'm going to go with Buchanan as well. He's got two wins already. I'm, I'm not going to pick against him for this match. So. I don't know. Uh, he does have two wins against him, but I mean, it's so hard to beat the same guy three, four times in a season. Yeah, I gotta think Noah's gonna get one of them, and they've both been close matches. And the one, the one was at elevation where you know, yeah, Adams probably won. wasn't, you know, and obviously the second one was not was not at elevation. I think that was at Oklahoma State, and I just think I think Adams is gonna get one, and I think it's gonna be this one. And then I'm not gonna be surprised if Buchanan wins it, gets it back again at nationals. So yeah, I mean, I think if they wrestle this weekend and then at nationals, obviously Adams is gonna get one of them. Um, especially if he wins it, if Buchanan wins this one, it's so hard to win four, right? I mean, obviously three's hard enough, but yeah. Uh, but I think Tanner Sloan's coming out on top for this weight. I agree. Potentially, um, it's gonna be number one seed at the NCAA's. I mean, yeah, I'm, and. Circle the match, Marcus Coleman, Noah Adams. That's going to be a good one, too. Yeah, that's true. Iowa State. That's a quarterfinal, six versus three. Moving on up, 285. Oh, give me Tanner Sloan. I'm picking Sloan to win that weight. Oh, yeah. Um, 285, number one, Gannon Gremmel. Number two, Carter Isley. Number three, Brian Andrews. Number four, Josh Heinzelman. Number five, Austin Harris. And don't Um, sleep on your guy at North Dakota State, uh, Brandon Metz. Dude, he's, he's fun. Yeah, he he just wants to lock up and throw you, and then his coaches are yelling at him like, "Stop! Don't do that!" And it's hilarious. I'm trying to think what match I saw him wrestle. I think it was maybe against Walters. I think it was. Yeah, it came yeah, down yeah. to came down to end. Yeah, 
uh, North Dakota State versus South Dakota State. And uh, I think Wolters was coming back on him. If I can't. Yeah, that's what that's what it was. Wolters started coming back, and, and Metz is locking up top, and his coaches are screaming, no, get out of there, get out of there, because they didn't want him to throw him. Yeah. And then end up on his back and lose the match. But so, and he did, he listened, and they won. Yeah. For this weight, though, I'm pretty sure, I mean, it's all Cannon Gremmel. So, yeah, it's Gremmel. And then, I mean, Isley's there, but give me, give me Gremmel to win the tournament. Yep. That about covers it for the Big 12s. That'll be a, a good tournament to watch. I mean, obviously, there's two or three really deep weights where, um, you know, for automatic qualifiers, you've got to, you got to be watching out for some of those guys will need um, wild cards, but. All right. Moving down. We got two freestyle events this weekend. This is my wheelhouse. I love freestyle. Everybody who's listening knows that already. Um, we've running low on time. So I'm going to kind of bleeze through these 57 kilos. You got Sanayev of Kazakhstan, two-time world medalist. Um, Renary Ortega, two-time U23 world champion. Um, usually has some crazy battles with Gilman. Gilman actually controlled the most recent match, um, but he has beaten Gilman before. And then you got Nick Suriano of USA, Nikki Olympic team member, future. Give me Suriano. I think him and Sanayev is going to be a great match if we see it. Um, that'll be that'll be Suriano's biggest test to this point. Um, and I, I think he's going to be able to pull that one out of, away from Sanayev. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to watch Nicky Suriano uh, do his thing, and obviously had a, a good tournament uh, the last time he was overseas. So over at the Henry Henry Duglane, I'm excited for that. Moving up to 65 kilograms, I'm not even going to try to pronounce their name, so I'll let you. <laughs> All right, so you got Ensapur of Iran uh, last year, uh, bronze world, uh, 2019 world medalist. Bajrang, Bajrang of India. He's ranked number five in the world. We've all seen him wrestle Yanni and uh, Ironman. Then you got uh, Alejandro Torbier out of Cuba, two-time world medalist. Um, Joseph McKenna. Everybody knows Joey McKenna and David Habit. Two Americans. Well, Habit's wrestling for Slovakia, but both wrestled the college scene in America. Um and this is going to be a tough one. I, I gotta go. I gotta go. Bajrang. I think Bajrang is gonna win this weight class. Um, it's gonna be a fun one though. Ensapor, Bajrang, Torbier. I'd like to see McKenna. McKenna get a win over a top level international guy just to kind of continue proving the depth in America that we have. He didn't have a great showing out in Ukraine last week. We didn't get a chance to talk about that, but he did not place in Ukraine. I think he went one and one. Might have gone two and one, but that'll be that'll be fun. Yeah, Bajrang's guy we've seen a lot. He trained at the uh, Cliff Keen Wrestling Club out there in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Wrestling out of the Indian Ra- Indian Railroad. Uh, I think he's back training over there in India though. But uh, a guy that we didn't mention, and he might not, you know, be worthy of being in the top five or six mentions, but former Wanta wrestler Jose Rodriguez. Moving up seventy four. This one might have the most recognizable names. You got Frank Chimizo out of Italy, the number six in the world. Jordan the King Burroughs at number four. Franklin Gomez and Jakob Gore of Turkey. So, I mean, everybody knows Chimizo. Everybody knows Burroughs. I'm sure everybody knows Gomez wrestled for Michigan State, NCAA finalist, world silver medalist in 2009. Um, 
Jakob Gore is a two-time world medalist. He's, he's had battles with James Green multiple times. Um, but it, it's Burroughs and Shimizu. And I don't think Shimizu is going to wrestle. We saw this last year. Dake was at Mateo Pelicone, made the finals. Shimizu didn't even show up. He was registered and then didn't even show up. It was in his backyard. He didn't wrestle. I'm not I'm not holding my breath for, for Burroughs Shimizu this weekend. Um, yeah, being a few months away from potentially wrestling in the Olympics, I don't see it either. Um, it would be obviously nice if we did see it. But yeah. even anytime we see Burroughs versus Gomez too, though, that's uh, that's kind of fun because they got a little heated rivalry, even though it's not a rivalry. But I Yeah, know. I was going to mention that too. I mean, Gomez-Burroughs was the infamous sock pole, go get a takedown with, I think there was four seconds on the clock and Burroughs was losing. Pulled the sock up, went out there, got a takedown, won the match. Unreal. I mean, we've seen Burroughs do a sock pole for a while, but I think that was the one that everybody's like, man, the sock pole's a thing. Yeah, I do it. All right, moving up to 86 kilos. You got Zahid Valencia, the number nine guy in the world. Miles Martin, the number 11 guy in the world. And the return to the international scene, Mark Hall. This is going to be fun. The two international guys of the weight class, Torblanca Coralta of Cuba, the number 13 guy in the world, and Deepak Punya, who in 2019 won a junior world title and a 2019 senior world finalist. Uh, he ended up losing to Yazdani Charati in the finals there. This will be a fun. This has a lot of American twist on it. Um, that being said, it's Zahid, it's Mark. And it's uh, Torreblanc Coralta. I mean, I don't even think Mark is ready to compete with these guys. I just want to mention him because he's, you know, he's coming back from, you know, not wrestling international for a while. And I think Torreblanc Coralta is probably better than Punya, Martin, and Hall. I'm not sure he's better than Valencia. That's the match I'm looking forward to a lot at this weight class, Torreblanc Coralta and Valencia. Yeah, I mean, as we mentioned, Valencia had a good tournament at Henry Duglane. He lost in the semis, but I think he was the second-best guy in that weight. Um, you know, he was right there to be the top guy. But I think Valencia is, um, you know, the top guy for America in this this weight. But it's good to see Mark Hall getting his feet wet, you know, the last few competitions he's been in and now finally wrestling an overseas competition. So I will say I want to see I want to see Mark Hall and Miles Martin wrestle Deepak Punya, one of them, because Punya – was a beneficiary of the the weird brackets 2019 World Championships. So um, he's definitely tough, but I'd like to see him wrestle Miles Martin or Mark, or Mark Hall. Yeah, how about how about 92 kilograms though? Yeah, the return of uh, yeah. James Patrick Downey the third PD three himself. Funky bunky. Um, you know, there there's been some speculation. I, I'm not gonna. Yeah. I'm not gonna get into it too far, but there's been some speculation on. Pat Downey's part, but it's just it's fun. For some reason, I'm blocked by Pat Downey on Twitter. Pat, I know you're not listening, but if you are, please uh please unblock me. I don't know what I did to you, but you're fun to follow because you're insane. Yeah, I don't think I'm insulting you by telling you you're crazy. I'm excited to watch that. <laughs> yeah, I just want to watch him wrestle. I love watching this guy wrestle. He's he's you know he's a character. He always has something to to do after he wins. And it's going to be electric. Hopefully, he does well. Yeah. Um, moving up to 97, we got Colin Moore, Hayden Zilmer, 
Sharif Sharifov, the ducker of Snyder himself. And then we got Renaris Salas Perez and Alerzria Kar- Karimi Charani of Iran, three-time world medalist. He was a runner-up to Jaden at 92 kilos uh, in 2019. Salas Perez is a three-time world medalist, 19th in the country in the world. Almost said almost said country. Didn't make sense. Sharifov, five-time world and Olympic medalist, two-time world and Olympic champion. It, it's Sharifov and everybody else. I mean, obviously, we didn't see Sharifov versus Snyder um, at the, the Glane. I'm a little upset by that. It'd be nice if uh, United States guys knocked him off like Colin Moore. You know, just got that revenge, secret revenge where we weren't expecting it. But, yeah, I agree. Yeah. Sharifov's definitely the guy. Yeah, and I think I think Perez can give him can give him a match. I'm sure they've wrestled in the past. I'm not gonna look it up at the moment, but Sharifov Perez, they're they're the two best in the weight. Um, and then Moore and Zilmer, they're probably gonna knowing America going overseas, they're probably gonna be a first round match. Yeah, that, that would be unfortunate. That's gonna suck, but that's probably what's gonna end up happening. Yeah. Um, give me Sharifov to win the tournament. All Moving right. to heavyweight. 125 um they are saying we are sending anthony nelson over um but the two best guys are amin tahari of iran and taha Ghul of turkey um the number one and number three guy in the world and it's gonna be it's gonna be our cool until proven otherwise agul is obviously head and shoulders above most of the field at this weight <clears throat> so. there's not one guy in the world i'd ever pick to beat him and that's gino patricevili yep. maybe gable steveson oh yeah maybe Maybe Gable Stevenson. All right. Um, I threw the Greco um, entries in here for America. I don't know enough about the international guys, but I want to give some of the Greco guys some love. Um, at 60 kilos, we got Ildar Hafisov. Uh, we got Dylan Gregerson at 60 kilos. 63 kilos, we got Samuel Jones. 67 kilos, we got Raymond Bunker the third and Jamil Johnson. At 77 kilos, we got Pat Smith. Peyton Walsh and Ben Provisor. That should be fun. I know those three guys are all really tough in Greco. Um, I'd like to see them come out with some wins and maybe a medal. 82 kilos, Terrence Zaleski, John Stefanowitz, and Rayvon Perkins, another one of our better weight classes in Greco. Stefanowitz and Perkins are both really tough. Um, up to 87 kilos, we got Joe Rao, Ellen Vera Garcia, and Patrick Martinez. Those I think those are our three best guys at that weight class in America, and I'd like to see Joe Rao and Alan Vera wrestle again. They're they're fireworks every time they compete. Up to ninety seven, Daniel Miller and Giangelo Hancock. Obviously, everyone knows who Giangelo is. He's probably one of the most known Greco guys, maybe outside of Adam Kuhn, that we have. Um, speaking of Adam Kuhn, he's going at one hundred and thirty kilos, along with Lance Cathcart. And this is where it gets confusing because we have entered Colton Schultz at 130 kilos. Now, those of you who don't know, he wrestles for Arizona State. He just won a Pac-12 championship last weekend. So I would be extremely surprised if he actually ends up going over to Italy and wrestling in this event. But then again, I also wouldn't be surprised because it's Colton Schultz. It would be wild. And as we mentioned before we started the show, like, you know, the quarantine, you know, he's going overseas. You'd imagine he's got a quarantine when he comes back i don't know i don't know if things are different down there in arizona but yeah i'm sure he ha- i'm sure he's gonna have to quarantine somehow yeah uh, 
if he goes, if he comes back, I'm sure he has enough time. I mean, I think they wrestle uh, Thursday, Friday. Yeah, they wrestle Thursday, Friday this week. He'll be home on Saturday, Sunday, and then he's quarantining for a week and a half. I mean, he still has two weeks before NCAA, so hopefully it's a 10-day quarantine, which I think most states are 10 days. Some are 14. The one good thing about this uh... – Seeing the Greco guys is, I mean, you mentioned it. A lot of these guys are our top guys at our weights from the United States. So it's good to see them getting that foreign exposure and uh, going overseas to wrestle, you know, a couple months before the Olympic trials and Olympics, you know. So, you yeah. know, well, Henry DeGlane, I don't think we sent our best squad there, um, but this appears to be one of our better squads that we're sending overseas. So it's exciting to see. Yeah, I'm excited. I, I, I'm going to watch some Greco. Uh, at least go back and watch them Greco because they're starting at 4 a.m. I don't know if I want to be up at 4 a.m., but it'll be it'll be some good wrestling. Um, and then our last event of the weekend, actually, I don't even think it's the last today. It might be one of the first ones, but Spartan Combat Wrestling Club (RTC), whatever you want to call it, they are competing against the NJRTC in an event. I believe they're calling best of the east or something like that i i haven't read much into this one coast clash that's what they're doing all right they are competing let me get the information really quick this friday so they're competing on the fifth sixth fifth definitely the fifth they're competing the fifth on friday it's going to be on takedownsports.com it's a pay-per-view event um, the fun, the fun matches that we're going to have are Chris Foka and CJ Brookie. They are going to be competing. Um, it's going to be fun to see Chris Foka get, get a high level match. CJ Brookie's tough. He's a national qualifier. Um, but the ones you really want to see is Nate Jackson, Gabe Dean. They're wrestling again. They've been saying it since the U S senior nationals that they wanted to run it back after having a one, one shot clock violation match or Gabe Dean won. Neither one of them liked it. They had a bad taste in their mouth. So they're going to run that back. Give me Gabe Dean. Yeah, I did too. I mean, I, Max just beat. Max beat him. Yeah. Man, I mean, Nate Jackson's tough. He actually, he had a better match with Kyle Snyder than Gabe did, but he also was fresh and Gabe just wrestled Bo Nickel. Yeah, that's true. So um, give me, give me Gabe. I mean, I don't see us going against any of the Cornell guys here, but. No. Um, next, we got Glory, Pat Glory versus Vito Arujao. Um, I haven't seen Pat Glory wrestle probably since EIWA's last year. Yeah, I, I can't remember if he's been on a card or not. I don't uh, remember. If he, if he was, he didn't wrestle anybody too high, I don't believe. So, yeah, yeah. Um, give me Vito by a lot. If this was folk style, Glory gets to be on top, it might be closer, but freestyle Vito, Vito all day. Yeah. Yeah. And then the, fi- the final match of the night, um, Yanni versus Klosdick. I mean, obviously Yanni's on a different level. When's the last time we saw Klosdick? He was at the uh, Flows RTC Cup, maybe? Yeah, he wrestled. Yeah, he definitely wrestled there. He wrestled yeah, he did. a couple of matches behind James Green, I believe, right? Yeah. He might have wrestled Lugo. That sounds that sound extra right. match, maybe? I that don't know. Right. Yeah. Um, but it, it's Yanni, it's Yanni all day. Um, Klodzik might be able to tie him up a little bit, but Yanni's adjustments are crazy. 
he'll get some elbow control and he's gonna blow through him and he's gonna win the match. I thought this was the card that Hunter Richard was gonna wrestle Anthony Arlona on, but that's a, a separate Rockfin event. That's actually the twelfth. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the Florida Pride Wrestling. That's March twelfth. Julian Ramirez versus Diavante Reddick, and then Hunter Richard versus Anthony Artelona on that card so far. So a few more Cornell guys wrestling in the upcoming weeks. Let's go. Oh, yeah. I love watching Cornell wrestling. Yeah, me too. But, yeah, that right. about covers it for this episode, episode 22. We'll be back next week with more Big Ten wrestling results, uh, some, some more – of the conference tournaments in general, you know, we should have a better look at who's all qualified for the national tournament before the at-larges are, are announced. Uh, the, the results for big tens and big twelves, you know, we'll be back with the results for the Spartan RTC versus NJRTC, as well as the Mateo Pelicone. Um, if you've enjoyed this podcast or this episode in general, give it a share and give it a like on social media, get the name out there. I'm excited. Please, yeah. en- please engage watch the wrestling the sense and tweets out um i'll be tweeting about all the all the wrestling coming on this weekend luckily i had the whole weekend off i could just stay home watch wrestling and enjoy you know enjoy enjoy some high level wrestling between pelicone big tens big 12s and the spartan rtc card yeah i mean i'm gonna be working friday saturday but i'll be able to watch the big 10 finals and whatnot so i'm excited for that should be good good weekend of wrestling hope you all enjoy See you later. Peace. Peace out.